Hi, this is Pastor Joshua Morocco, and you are listening to our King's Central Podcast. I hope you get encouraged. I hope the Word of God brings transformation to your life and empowers you. Thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy the Word. I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me to Daniel chapter 9 as we remain standing. We've been doing a series entitled Ways to Pray. And I want to share a very unusual way to pray tonight. And it's probably extremely important in light of our nation and what's going on. So let's read the word of the Lord. It starts at verse 4 of Daniel 9. And we'll be reading through verse 19. Let's read the word of the Lord. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed, O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with all who love him and obey his commands, We have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked and have rebelled. We have turned away from your commands and laws. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princesses, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. Lord, you are righteous, but this day we are covered with shame. The men of Judah and people of Jerusalem and all Israel, both near and far, and all the countries where you have scattered us because of our unfaithfulness to you, O Lord, we and our kings, our princesses and our fathers are covered with shame because we have sinned against you. The Lord our God is merciful and forgiving. Even though we have rebelled against him, we have not obeyed the Lord our God or kept the laws he gave us through his servants, the prophets, All Israel has transgressed your law and turned away, refusing to obey you. Therefore, the curses and sworn judgments written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out on us because we have sinned against you. You have fulfilled the word spoken against us and against our rulers by bringing upon us great disaster. Under the whole heaven, nothing has ever been done like what has been done to Jerusalem. Just as it is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come upon us, yet we have not sought the favor of the Lord our God by turning away, turning from our sins and giving attention to your truth. Wow, that's heavy. The Lord did not hesitate to bring the disaster upon us, for the Lord our God is righteous. Everybody say he's righteous. In everything he does, yet we have not obeyed him. Now, O Lord our God, who brought your people out of Egypt with a mighty hand, who made for yourself a home, a name, and endures to this day, we have sinned. We have done wrong, O Lord, in keeping with all your righteous acts. Turn away your anger and your wrath from Jerusalem, your city, your holy hill. Our sins and iniquities of our fathers have made Jerusalem and your people an object of scorn to all those around us. Now, our God, hear the prayers and petitions of your servant. For your sake, O Lord, look with favor on your desolate sanctuary. Give ear, O God, and hear. Open your eyes and see the desolation of the city that bears your name. We do not make requests of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. Oh, everybody say that. Because of your what? Because of your great what? Oh, Lord, listen. Oh, Lord, forgive. Oh, Lord, hear and act. For your sake, oh, my God, do not delay, because your city and your people bear your name. 
Let us pray. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for the privilege you've given me to share your word on a Wednesday night to all those who are watching by streaming, those in the parking lot, and these who are in our sanctuary. We thank you that you're the God who hears and you answer prayer. And you're going to preach, you're going to speak to us through your servant on how you want us to pray at times, as Daniel prayed. So, Lord, give us insight and wisdom. Help us, Lord, to fulfill your purpose. May we humble ourselves before you tonight. And may you, O oh God, be glorified. And I praise you, and I thank you, and I worship you. So, Holy Ghost, come. Come on me. Give me great liberty in preaching. Come on this congregation so that all of us can be transformed by your word. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. How does the fulfillment of God's will happen? I want you to think about that just for a moment. You see, this was a concern of Daniel. And you'll notice when you read Jeremiah 29.10 through 14, that it says, the Lord says, when 70 years are completed for Babylon... I will come to you and will fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back to this place. Now, Jeremiah prophesied that. And what was happening at this very moment when Daniel prayed what he prayed, he was aware that that 70 years was coming to a conclusion, but he was also aware that God's promises are always conditional. Are you hearing me tonight? They're conditional. And he knew that, and as we read it, he depended on the fact that he's asking the Lord. He's dependent. The people need to be dependent on the Lord. He's asking the Lord for uh, grace. And he probably thought, could there be any hope of returning to Jerusalem when you have a people like Israel who are constantly in their history unrepentant and they have an attitude of unrepentance, how, God, can you intervene to touch and fulfill your plan with such a mess? Well, the key to God will be fulfilled is repentance. Because repentance positions ourselves to please the Lord. In 1 John 3, 2, it says, Dear friends, if your hearts do not condemn us, we are confident before God and receive from Him anything we ask because we obey His commands and do what pleases Him. 2 Chronicles seven fourteen says it clearly. If my people are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, will forgive their sins, and will heal thy land. You know, when I heard about all the stuff that was happening today, I I thought two things. Number one, we're getting a lot of free advertisement, praise God. But secondly, I thought, you know what? It's always healthy to be humbled a little bit. Somebody say amen. When my wife rebukes me, it's always, hum- it's always wonderful to be humbled a little bit. When, when uh, things don't go the way we think, it's all right. Being humble is a good thing because that gives God permission 
to elevate you. Somebody say amen. So I'm looking forward to see what God's going to do. Oh, well, I'll say that again. I'm looking forward to see what God's going to do. If my people who call by my name will humble themselves and pray, God will intervene. And you'll notice here that Daniel was a righteous man. I mean, give me a break. He's a righteous man, yet he repents. Did you, that, this, whole, this whole prayer is a prayer of repentance. So think about this for a moment. Daniel's righteous. He's so righteous that when he was thrown in a den of lions, an angel shut the mouth of the den of, lion, of every lion in the den. Are you with me? When, when uh, he, he was so righteous that when he, that he, was, he, he was able to interpret Nebuchadnezzar's dream and told Nebuchadnezzar, you got to repent because you're in trouble. He was so righteous that when the angel wrote on the wall, uh, he was able to interpret it and say, judgment is now coming to Babylon. I mean, hello, this is a righteous man. This is not some guy who's just hanging out, not loving God. He loves God. He loved God so much he wouldn't stop praying, and that's how he got ending up in the lion's den. So, but why then, now think about this, why then would he pray such a prayer of repentance? Well, let's take a look at this prayer of repentance because it's what I call identification repentance prayer. You're identifying with other in, others in your prayer life. You are repenting on behalf of others. So let's take a look at what he says. First off, he describes God. Now, what's interesting about how he describes him, he, he really reflects on the true picture of God. God is great and awesome, and he keeps his covenant of love to all who love him and obeys his commands and is righteous, as it says in verse 7. The Lord... Our God is merciful and forgiving, as it says in verse 9. And um, we deserve what we get. For the, la for, for the Lord our God is righteous in everything he does, yet we have not obeyed him, verse 14. And then in verse four, 15 he says, Now, O Lord our God, who brought your people out of Egypt with a mighty hand and made for yourself a name that endures to this day, and he goes on in verse 16, he says, that God gets angry. And he mentions it very clearly. So he gives a clear picture of God. God's merciful, he's loving, he's just, but he's also holy. And every judgment that comes upon our world, we deserve it. You think about what's happening right now in America. And what's happening in the world. God's been very, very merciful. Especially to his children. Very merciful. And yet, we're having to endure a COVID crisis. Could it be? Could it be God's trying to get people's attention of what's very important to them? What is really important? Is it the money in the bank or is it your relationship with God? And sometimes judgment comes in waves, just as means by which God would get our attention. One of the most tragic things about judgment 
is simply in the book of Revelation when God pours out his wrath on the world and instead of their turning to God, their hearts get hardened. In fact, what's even happening now, it's a test just as it was with, a- with, with Abraham on the mount with his son Isaac. It's a test. There will be those who will draw close to the Lord during this time and all they can think of is what can I do for Jesus? How can I respond? How can I love people around me in the midst of this? How can I be a blessing? And then there'll be those who'll get hardened and they'll no longer say, well, I don't want to go to church anymore. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to do that. And their heart gets hardened. The sad thing about it is that all of us have to be aware that that is happening to your family, to people that live around us. I'm just so thankful for so many people in this last year that have drawn near to the Lord in this time. I'm so glad there's been people that have said, I need the Lord. And they've moved forward in receiving the Lord. We've had so many new people come to the Lord in this house. And people that were were cold in their relationship with God are becoming warm in their relationship with God. So I'm thankful for that. But that's what judgment does. It separates people between those whose hearts are hardened and those who long to draw near. Daniel then identifies with his people's sin. Now think about that. You know... uh, we, we, we kind of think, well, wait a minute, we judge people in their sin. Daniel identifies with them. And this is what Jesus did. At the baptism, Jesus didn't need to be baptized. But he said to John, he said, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus hadn't sinned. He didn't need to be baptized as a symbol of 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 being cleansed of sin, but he was identifying with sinful mankind and saying, I'm doing this as a symbol, as a fulfilling of all righteousness. On the cross, Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Wow. He identified with sin. He became the sin bearer. He identified so much with with the sin of even those who were around him, that he was separated. He understood and felt the weight of what it meant to be separated from his father because of sin. In fact, he even goes on to say things that are very hard for us to grab. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. What a picture of identifying with people in their sin praying on behalf of them. Daniel petitions God. Now look at the way he does this. He petitions them by saying, in keeping with all your righteous acts, turn away your anger and your wrath from Jerusalem, your city, your holy hill. Verse 16. Then he says, look, for your sake, look with favor on the desolate sanctuary. He says, God, your name needs to be glorified in this. And because of your mercy, do not delay because your city and your people bear your name. God, be glorified through us. This is a heavy prayer. Now let's stop here for just a moment. 
God is speaking to us about identification and repentance. Who is God calling us to identify with, to pray in their, on their behalf? Now, I think it starts first with us because all of us at times can be uh, do things or say things or have attitudes that are wrong. None of us have been perfect all the time. We all get angry at times. We say things we don't mean. We, we do things, and, and it's, it's sad. Well, what happens if you think you're so perfect that you can't ask for forgiveness? What happens then if you aren't even aware of the fact that you've blown it? That is a scary place to be. So the first thing we have to deal with is repenting of our own actions and our own attitudes. Maybe you've been unkind to your spouse. Maybe you've said something to a fellow worker that you thought about and said, oh man, I shouldn't have said that. Maybe you exhibited an attitude that was wrong. And Daniel, although righteous, identifies with the sin of his people. He prays on their behalf. Now let's think about it. We're going to pray and ask for repentance for ourselves, but he goes on and he identifies, maybe it's with members of our family. Oh God, you see our family has failed generationally. God, intervene. Maybe it's prayer for our people. Oh Lord, there's certain things about our people that, that bring shame to you. Oh God, intervene. Maybe it's our nation. Every morning I have, where's Minister Darian? Where are you? Every morning I have Minister Darian pray for our nation because I like the way she prays. Boy, she prays about everything. It's wonderful. And you say, well, why do we need to do that? Because we're in this nation and there's a lot of sin in this nation and judgment is upon our nation. I praise God it hasn't gotten worse. But the point of the matter is in one minute you could be at war and all of a sudden thousands upon thousands, if not millions of people, could be killed. I mean, there's a lot of things that could happen very rapidly in our world. I mean, we're living in a powder keg. You know that. And yet we have, we have groups of people that not only flaunt their sin, but they want to be able to sin without any kind of shame, without any kind of, of uh, sense of anybody ever saying to them, what you're doing is wrong. And that's why the churches come under so much pressure, is because there's groups of people that don't want the church to be here and say, this is what God says. This is what we should be doing. And that's sad. It's very sad. Because what that does is it produces a nation that's ripe for judgment. I'm just so thankful that we pray every morning. And God is saying, look, let's pray and ask God to forgive our nation and forgive us for the things we have done that, 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 uh, that has allowed our nation to be the way it is. And identification prayer not only for our family, for our people, for our nation, but the place where we live, the things that are happening right here on Maui. We pray, oh God, forgive us, forgive us, forgive us, forgive us. Could it be that our lack of boldness to witness has allowed people to get caught in bondage? Could it be that our lack of holiness itself
Could be we, we, we miss the, the opportunity to be an example. Could it be we're raising children that are rebellious because we failed to do our part in raising them in the Lord and our actions have caused grief and hurt on their part that causes them to do evil. Are you listening to me? Those are things we have to ask for. You say, Pastor, I shouldn't have come tonight. No, I'm helping you. And I'm helping myself because I get convicted when I preach. And you have to understand, you're just listening, but I've got to give an account to God. He'll say, remember what you preached on, on March 31st? And uh, hello. So God is speaking to us about identification, repentance, and to pray for people that we want to see changed. We need to pray for the church. You know, I've been grieved so deeply by some of the compromise that's happening in the church in America. Um, it's, it's so grievous that at times I can't even express my pain over what some are doing in the name of the Lord. It's very sad. But I pray that we will be a people that will be an example of His love and grace to our community. But secondly, the result, now listen to me, this is very important, the result of this kind of praying, this uh, identification repentance prayer, is God's intervention. Look at what happens at the end of His prayer. While I was speaking and praying, confessing my sins, the sin of my people, Israel, and making my request to the Lord my God for his holy hill. While I was still in prayer, Gabriel, the man I had seen in the earlier vision, came to me in swift flight about the time of the evening sacrifice and instructed me and said to me, Daniel, I have come to give you insight and understanding. Somebody say hallelujah. If we will repent of our sins and we will intercede on behalf of the sins of our nation and our family and our people, God will give us <clears throat> great revelation. And you'll notice as you read the chapter that God gave him a personal word of encouragement. And he gave him a picture of what it means to have breakthrough. In fact, you will notice that he literally, literally gave to him the plan of God for the coming of the Messiah. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Well, not very strong here. Maybe we ought to do it one more time. Somebody say hallelujah. We got the horns. The horns saved us. Amen. They, they're with us tonight. Can you imagine God giving a breakthrough like that? Could it be? No, I'll just close with this. Could it be that the revival begins with this kind of repentance prayer? Could it be that we are so concerned about 
the evil around us that we cry out to God on behalf of others and on behalf of ourselves. No one escapes the evil of our world. We're, 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 we're plummet, you know, we're just hit with every kind of evil thing. You can't watch television or watch a movie without having some evil thing shared. And it's oftentimes pictured as good when it's evil. It's when people call what is good evil and evil what is good. That's happening in our time. And the only way it's going to change is for us to be Daniels that will begin to really pray and ask, Oh God, we repent on behalf of our nation, our people, our family, our own lives. God, intervene. Stand to your feet. Come on, let's just begin to pray. Begin to pray. This is a picture of prayer that is not talked a lot about. You probably may have read the Bible and never even known it was there. But I'll tell you one thing. If you begin to pray a repentance prayer on behalf of others, for the people you're ministering to, for the people in your family, for your neighbors and all the rest, for the people in our church and for the churches as a whole. Did you know God could intervene profoundly? Hallelujah. 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 You know, just before the dawn, it said, is the darkest moment. You say, Pastor, are you all concerned about what will happen on Easter? Well, I just know the way the devil works. The devil always hates Easter, and so he tries to do everything he can to blunt its power. But even when Jesus was crucified and put in a tomb, he couldn't stop. The devil couldn't stop Easter. And whether there's thousands of people that show up in churches on Easter or not, the truth of Easter... Jesus is alive. And he's got a plan for us and a plan for his church. You say, are you worried about tomorrow? No, I'm not. Because I know that I know that I know that God always has the last word. He always does. And you watch how he turns things for good in your life and in our community. Come on, I'm going to ask you to lift your voice right now. And you begin to identify with those around you in prayer. You pray on their behalf for their sins. Come on, would you pray? Father, we come before you tonight. I hope the word encouraged you. Thank you so much for joining us here on the King Central Podcast. God bless you. Walk in power and walk in the fullness of that which God has given you.